Hello and welcome to Core Values, the official podcast of Broken Arrow Public Schools. I'm your host, Greg Spencer, and with me always as uh, three. Uh-huh. <laughs> now we got that out of the way. Yeah, that'll be the blooper. Uh, <laughs> three, two, one. Welcome to Core Values, the official podcast of Broken Arrow Public Schools. I'm your host, Greg Spencer, and with me, as always, is Superintendent Chuck Perry. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Awesome. Well, we have an exciting show today with two very special teachers from Vanguard Academy. We have Reese Hundley. Hello. Good to see you, Reese. And from right here at Broken Arrow High School, right right down the road here, or down the hall, we have Kyle Tadero. How's it going? Good. Good to see you guys. So let's start off. I'm going to start on my right here with Kyle. Kyle, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you end up in Broken Arrow? How long have you been here? Well, I actually went to high school here. Um, I transferred here um, in my sophomore year of high school. I was living in Savannah, Georgia. Um, And appropriately, I was living there because my stepdad went and studied art at Savannah College of Art and Design in Mm. Savannah. So I grew up in Savannah. And then I moved here for high school. And... um, I had some great art teachers and I felt like school really uh, was a good place for me to grow artistically. And then I uh, ended up majoring in painting Mm -hmm. um, at Cleveland Institute of Art. And after I graduated from there, I took on a a technical specialist role, which is kind of like a TA position at the college. And I helped out with the drawing and painting classes there. I then uh, moved to Denver and took a job at the Denver Art Museum as a art handler. So that was a really cool job. We got to touch all the old art and, you know, install the art and stuff. Really cool. And, um, and then I just, you know, took various jobs in the art, um, sector and moved to Seattle, lived there for about five years, worked at frame shops, did some music and art for myself. And then I just, in summer of 2020, a lot of things were going on, things were changing, <laughs> and, you know, perspectives, priorities started to change, and I just seemed called. Like a, seemed like a good move at the time. Seemed like a good move yeah. at the time, and I put in an application, talked to some of my some of the teachers that were here, and um, it worked out. And then I got a job here and moved here. So yeah. who were your art teachers in high school here in Broken Arrow? So I had um, Garibavand and Harlow were the two art teachers that I had at the high school, but Jennifer Brown who, whose classroom I took over whenever yeah. she retired, she was my private art instructor because she cool. had just uh, transferred or not, she took a job at a different school mm-hmm. in, in Tulsa Public. And uh, so I wasn't able to take classes with her at the school, but she, I just took lessons from her. And gotcha. so I actually had kind of a closer relationship with Jennifer Brown. She was really influential um, on me and pushed me to do a lot of the things that ended up being huge benefits for me. I'm, I'm curious, yes. when did you know, like what age or grade that you were, had that talent in art? Did it stick to, out to you? Talent, I knew in elementary school. Uh-huh. I was on the yearbook uh, design committee for fifth grade where we would draw and illustrate the front and back covers. And uh, I was actually kind of uh, mad whenever someone else got the front cover because <laughs> I was like, I know I'm going to get this. But, you know, it taught me to be humble and uh, everything. But I knew I was had skills in art um, from a young age. Um, and I actually knew I wanted to be an art teacher from 
when I was in high school, though. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of felt like that calling was on you. Yeah, I found a piece of paper uh, digging through my mom's attic uh, about two years ago that had, like, goals listed out that yeah. I had to write for a high yeah. school class. And some of the things that I, I said were, like, I wanted to teach art. It's awesome. That was a cool moment. Wow. Great. I knew from a pretty early age that I did not have the skills <laughs> to be an art teacher. But actually, fun fact. So, you know, I've, this is my 10th year in Broken Arrow. And actually, my elementary art teacher just retired this past year, Julie Allen, who was over at Options Academy for a long time, was at Arrowhead back in the day. Yeah. So that, that was pretty cool. She was the, the only teacher remaining when I moved back here wow. from, from all those years ago. So, Reese, tell us a little bit about your background and, and what, how you ended up in Broken Arrow. Uh, so I grew up in Yukon, went to school, Yukon Public Schools, uh, and um, both of my parents were school teachers. Actually, my grandparents were school teachers, oh, so I'm awesome. a third-generation educator. But as growing up, I was, uh, um, I was against becoming a teacher, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, actually, my neighbor was an engineer. And uh, in high school, I was really lucky. He invited me to come and uh, do an internship with him. He was an environmental engineer, um, okay. and that was really kind of that that time you kind of everybody kind of has that one person you know right, that really inspired right. them and gave them that um chance to kind of dive into that industry and i thought it was pretty cool so i did that for a few summers in high school um got a real, lot of great real world experiences mm -hmm. which i think greatly influenced even me as an educator now absolutely um and so i went to school at oakland state uh, where I met my wife, who also teaches for VA. Yeah, I was going to say, we're not going to let you leave without giving uh -huh. her a shout-out because she was actually a Teacher of the Year That's right. here in Broken Arrow last yeah, year as well. So one of the Amanda Hunley, a Amanda great Hunley at Aspen Creek ECC, um, and uh, she's incredible. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, she, she has been incredibly influential in my development as an educator. Um, it's, it's really cool. I think it really has given me an advantage um, to have somebody at home that understands Absolutely. the the challenges of education, mm -hmm. but also um, teaching at Vanguard, um, I see a lot of parallels between a lot of the early childhood and kind of what we're trying to create at Vanguard. Um, but yeah, I went to school at Oakland State, went to engineering school. Um, mm -hmm. I have a degree in biosystems engineering. My ex emphasis was in uh, water systems. Huh. Um, I've always been really passionate about like natural systems and ecology mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I grew up outdoors a lot. So I was really lucky um, to spend my summers with my grandparents and my parents um, up in the mountains fly fishing. And oh, wow. I was introduced to all of that at a very early age. Um, so I, I grew up in a very STEM rich, sciencey yep. environment. Um, I, I, I think it's interesting what you just said, the parallels between early childhood and Vanguard. Because I get where you're going on that, that they're both very project-based yeah. learning. They're not... Immersive. Yes, yeah, they're not traditional. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. I've never th never have thought about that before. Yeah, I see a lot of parallels. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, she inspires me every day. I, and that that's the thing. I'm, I'm surrounded by people that are just absolutely just so creative, mm -hmm. so talented mm -hmm. that... We do have a lot um, of I, I feel like, that, how can we not be successful, mm -hmm. you know? Love and. It. So, yeah, I went to school, got a degree in engineering, um, actually worked in the oil field as a cement engineer for Halliburton right out of uh, college. Um, it was a great experience. I worked with some amazing people. Um, and uh, but we started a family. Uh, I was in the field a lot um, and I just I, I just didn't feel like it was it was for me. Mm -hmm. And so 
my wife actually went to school for, uh, through BA. She graduated from Broken Arrow. Um, and we were wanting to kind of come back home. Um, of course, uh, her parents are here in BA, uh, grandparents. After you have family. a couple of kids, that becomes a pretty big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, being a parent. That's exactly why we moved back this way as well. <laughs> yeah, and so it was great to come back, but it also, when I was in college, um, I was really involved in adventure education, um, which is kind of where I got bit by the bug. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, because when I grew up, I, I saw the, the, the conventional education, the traditional kind of education side, um, and, and there are a lot of strengths to that. Um, but... I, I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I went through the adventure program at uh, Oklahoma State. Um, I guided backpacking trips all over the nation. Um, I was a whitewater kayaking instructor, wow. rock climbing guide. I did all those things. I worked a ropes course and, and ran the ropes course. I have quite a bit of experience doing team building and stuff yeah. like that. And I learned about this experiential education and a lot of the practices and philosophies of that. And that's re- where I really got equipped with kind of a a different toolbox, which actually Mm -hmm. worked really well in engineering as well. Um, So I came back um, because Camp Lockridge was looking to start an outdoor ed program. And I was one of the first naturalists hired there and I built that program uh, with another naturalist and uh, a good friend of mine who hired me. Um, Now he's a good friend of mine. Um, And we built that program. We actually custom designed courses or field classes with teachers all over the Tulsa area. Um, we worked a lot with North Tulsa uh, uh, districts, and um, I learned a lot there. Right. Um, and, and I was a summer camp director there, ropes course manager, did a lot of different things. And then I got an opportunity to actually, uh, I started my own business in consulting, um, uh, educational consulting. Um, I did a lot of innovation and product development, uh, particularly in um, uh, uh, kind of like higher tech uh, mm-hmm. agriculture. Um, and I found out about Vanguard, uh, actually catching up with a, a friend, yeah. uh, connected through Tulsa Regional STEM Alliance, um, and uh, found out that they were opening up this innovative school. And um, I was, again, wanting to come back home because right. I was in the field a lot, mm-hmm. uh, consulting. And that's kind of where I, how I ended up at Vanguard. And so I've been teaching there. We're going into our third year now. Share, share with so the audience knows, both of you, uh, specifically what sections, courses you do teach. Sure. Yeah. So I teach AP, um, 2D, AP 2D art and design, and then uh, AP drawing. I've taught painting one and two, um, pre AP, I should say as well. Um, painting one and two, and then drawing one and two. And I've also taught foundations. Currently this year I'm teaching AP, pre AP and painting. And before we move to Mr. Hundley there, as we talk about workforce development as a school district, um, you know, people think of art as not a very profitable career field, but there is uh, some great transitions into some careers with the skill set they're learning. Can you talk about that and what some of your students are doing? Yeah, I mean, that's so true. There is a, there's such a stigma around art that it's you're going to be a starving artist or you're not going to be able to find a job or you know, these are skills that are not useful. Um, and I think that, you know, now, you know, is more than ever. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think yeah. that that probably now more than ever with the amount of imagery we're bombarded with and, uh, you know, there's more pictures and images than ever before, you know, and, and it's just it's more important to have someone making those things uh, that knows what they're doing. Uh, so there's a big industry for that, but not only images and things like that, but just 
creative problem solving. And that's mm. really what I think is at the core of what I teach is you might be an artist, you might right. continue on and mm. become a visual artist. But even if you don't, the the things that we teach you about uh, brainstorming and uh, workshopping your ideas mm. and collaborating and uh, being inventive and ingenuity and, and coming up with new ideas and things that hadn't been done before um, and being able to work through those things in a, in a logical uh, way, structured way. Right. Um, that's really what is at the core of what I, what I teach and the art. A lot of times the technical skills and the art skills and stuff like that is secondary to that because if, once you have that, the 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 knowledge of how to create and think and and and, and invent then you will have you will be able to get the art skills because you'll, you'll be so motivated and you know have that right mindset and we didn't even talk before this about that question but listening to employers and what their needs are and what uh, students that we're producing for that workforce for tomorrow um, they're not looking for people to just memorize facts no. uh, as, as they were maybe, you know, 20, 30, 50 years ago. It's exactly what you're saying, that problem-solving ability to work collaboratively with others. It's just a such a uh, need for them, and that's the type of workers that are going to be the most successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and I would add that, you know, this day and age, like you kind of talked about, you know, kids can, you know, utilize the power of the Internet and social media to get their art out there, whether mm -hmm. it be, you know, paintings and any kind of, you know, sculptures or obviously video, photo, et cetera. So all those platforms are available for kids. For sure. Yeah. So you guys are our are, are guests. I, we, we jump never, in there. We, I never got to ask Mr. Hundley the sections he taught. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, there uh, we go. Let's jump back to <laughs> yes. that. Sorry. Yeah. We would have wound up on it eventually. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I completely um, – I, I have follow-up to also that's the importance of that creativity. But before I do that, um, I teach um, – I co-teach uh, most of my classes. I teach with Andy Summers for – our outdoor education class, which is also an environmental science class. So we actually teach the environmental science standards through experiences. Um, and then I also teach a design class, a really cool design class where the kids um, actually work out in the community and they're, they're solving real world problems, uh, working with real people. And so we're really engaging in, in a fresh batch and, and, and continuing to engage with uh, previous partners. Um, where the students are actually getting out and getting real-world experience um, mm -hmm. solving problems. And then I also teach an elective class called Primitive Skills. And um, so it, it's, it's an outdoor immersive class, um, but it's, it's very much so a maker class. And so we go out and we harvest resources out across our 80-acre property. Um, and the kids get to go outside and, and um, practice mm -hmm. a lot of the things that um, we're trying to do within the school as well. But... Uh, through the the lens of of traditional skills and celebrating culture yeah. and um, it's it's really a lot of fun but there there's um, links to all of those classes mm -hmm. and kind of what we're trying to create at Vanguard but I, I definitely would echo like the importance of of creativity is is critical to what we're trying to accomplish as well um, from a perspective as a engineer and even working at I've I've hired over a hundred people and hired and trained them and what I'm looking for and a person is somebody that can has those soft skills where mm -hmm. they can communicate mm -hmm. effectively and, and problem solve and um, really connect with people at a deep level, along with those hard skills of using the, the right kind of the 
the the discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the problem solving, and and so I think that to be really effective problem solvers, if we want these kids to be able to be uh, life ready and college ready, if they mm-hmm. want to go college and and career ready, they there's this mar- marriage of of creativity and and discipline, right? We're we're teaching. Um, the sciences and we're teaching the math and, and the English and the and the social studies and the history and, and how can we like make connections between like these are the patterns of the world and these are the th- how things are done and then having an eye like the artist eye to see what's missing right and that's where opportunity is yeah. and if we can teach our kids to recognize what's not there that creates opportunity where then they can use that creative side to build a bridge and solve problems that people have never been able to solve before. Mm-hmm. And it's critical. Yeah. It's critical to develop people that are, are able to dive into like their talents and their, and their ability to uh, visually think and visually communicate um, because the, the power of an image is, is transcendent to all languages, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why that imagery is right. used in the oldest textbook or the oldest books yeah. that have existed. Like those symbols were relevant way back then, but they're relevant today, and we can understand them, even if we never know their language. Interesting. Well, I think anybody yeah. that's watched or listened to the first, you know, fifteen minutes of this podcast can see that you guys are not your average teachers. Right? I think that's fair to say. <laughs> I mean, both. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know, it's it, you, you, the uniqueness of what you guys do, and there's a lot of similarities and. And because of that, you've both been recently awarded some some pretty big awards that we also did some separate videos for. So we'll put those links up there probably uh, so people yeah. can see them if they missed them. But let's let's start with you, Kyle, and tell us a little bit about uh, the recent award that you received. Okay. To, to brag on yourself. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, so it, uh, it was a big honor for me. This award came from the Oklahoma Art Institute, which is an organization that I have a connection with dating back to whenever I was in high school. And I'll just talk a little bit about what they do. Uh, the Oklahoma Arts Institute does a summer uh, two-week workshop for high school students out at Quartz Mountain, uh, out near Lone Wolf, Lawton area. So it's in the Wichita Mountains. There's a state park there that has uh, a lodge and everything. It's on the water mountains. Beautiful. Um, and they do a two-week summer course uh bringing in like college professors or um, professionals in in various creative fields. And I went whenever I was in high school uh, for the drawing and painting. Um, It's audition. You have to try out to get in. Um, And this was something that Jennifer Brown, that teacher that I mentioned that was really influential on me, she was the one that pushed me to do this. So anyway, I go way back with Summer Arts Institute, and uh, they're just an invaluable resource for uh, the top high school artists, musicians, actors, poets. I think they actually, don't they have like a film and video component too as well? We had a, yeah. a student a few years ago to go to. We probably need to push them more towards it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just something that changed my life whenever I went to that camp for two weeks. Um, I studied with a, a famous painter. Uh, when I went to college, my professors knew who the my professor was, or the teacher that I studied with, uh, Robert Zakanich. And so, just opportunities like that that they give to kids is just uh, there's nothing else like it. And the p- people that visit and teach there, every time I've heard a teacher, you know, that's that's at the workshop and they're just talking, they, they just keep saying, "I don't see stuff like this in other states. Like <laughs> high school students don't have 
this opportunity in other states. Like y'all are doing something really cool here. So just to kind of like talk about how awesome Oklahoma Arts Institute is and Summer Arts Institute, it's it's one of the best uh, things we have for for high schools like schoolers interested in creative fields. It's amazing. And so getting this award, which was called the Transformative Teacher Award, um, it, I was nominated. nominated by, I was nominated by my students. Okay, very which cool. was. I mean, a beautiful thing, and it really meant a lot to me uh, because it was coming from that organization, and it was because, or, or, and it was nominated by my students because um, we sent uh, five last last year um, to Quartz Mountain, is what this camp is called, um, and so we sent five there, and I found out that my students had nominated me, and I, you know, for the transformative teacher award, and they gave out three last last year, and. Um, it's just for teachers who are having an impact on uh, students wanting to pursue uh, artistic um, fields. Pretty, very pretty well cool. deserved. Thank yeah. you. So, Reese, you just got crowned the. Uh, believe, why don't you introduce this? I don't mispronounce <laughs> with the or, or misspeak. Um, yeah, it's the Siegfried uh, STEM Excellence uh, Award. So, Teacher of the Year in STEM. the Tulsa area, or was it for the whole state? Uh, for. Uh, Whoever, uh, the region where Tulsa region? Regional STEM okay. Alliance works, which is primarily going to be in the northeast Oklahoma. Yeah. I know they do some work in Oklahoma City as well. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a huge honor. Um, I'm, I'm really proud. It to looked, looked like they had a, a pretty big uh, banquet for you guys, right? Yeah, so last Thursday they announced um, the, the, the winner. Um, and so uh, with this award uh, this past summer, um, I was actually working on a professional development, um, developing curriculum, and a training and, and really a cohort for teachers. Um, this past winter, I, I applied for a grant with Tulsa Regional STEM Alliance. It's called the Momentum Grant, um, and I received ten thousand uh, dollars to do that. Um, what area was that in, or what, what was that money for? Um, and so it was for uh, it is targeting for teachers uh, training um, to help uh, develop curriculum, um, unique curriculum to um, really try to get more um, equitable STEM opportunities out there. Um, and so um, I was working on this, uh, executing this grant last summer, uh, and, and I taught it over at Vanguard. Um, and it was a music making uh, a grant, or actually I wrote it for that. And so um, I was interested with my primitive skills class in, in the indigenous skills, and, and I was like, you know what, like, the, what if we did like a, a music making where we actually make instruments. And uh, I've always wanted to, I, I love Native American flute music. And so um, we actually created Native American style flutes. And while I was developing and executing that grant, um, my contact over at Tulsa Regional STEM Alliance recommended that I apply for this, this award. Um, and so I completed an application very similar to how we do Teacher of the Year. Um, I had uh, three reference letters submitted and, and in, in the application I talked a lot about like just how our classroom and I told some stories and um, things that I had seen um, and um, I, I won the uh, finalist um, I found out about that maybe it was a month ago um, that was in the top four so they selected an administrator they had, uh, selected a high school teacher a middle school teacher and an elementary school teacher so I was the the high school finalist and then last Thursday they announced that I'd uh, won it. So, yeah. That's awesome. Good deal. Congratulations. And, and I received some money mm -hmm. for that. 
Um, so as a finalist, each of us finalists receive $2,000 to go to our classroom um, and $500 to use as we like. Um, and then for winning it, we, we get that again. So I got a total right. of $4,000 for the classroom and, and a, about $1,000, which I ended up spending on a nice suit because I didn't have a nice suit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you don't, you, uh, a suit for the event? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> n- not only that. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, there's a lot of exciting things happening at Vanguard. And yeah. so we're having a lot of great people come. We have a, a, our capstone conference coming up this spring. So I actually invited Nordam to come. I invited uh, the Schusterman Foundation. Right. I'm, um, I'm inviting everyone. That's great. <laughs> and it. I needed a good suit mm-hmm. so we can leave a good impression. Um, but also, um, you know, show these kids, like, this is, you've worked hard to get here. And, yep. um, you know, we should look our best. And That's so um, we got a lot of great opportunities coming up. And I want to make sure that we look good. It's awesome. Well, you guys are both obviously, you know, passionate about non-traditional, you know, forms of education. You know, as we kind of steer towards the end of this podcast, I want you know, t- talk to me a little bit about some of the the things that you guys have going on in the classroom this year. Start with you, Kyle. Start with me. Yeah. Um, so, I, most the most class most of the classes I'm teaching this year are advanced. So um, that al- hasn't always been the case. Um, it's been a mixture, and so this this year I'm getting to focus on the AP and the pre-AP students, and um, I could talk about what what happens in the AP uh, coursework because it's it's a, a college level class um, and it's unlike any other class that we have um, at the school, as far as I know. Um, they and it's unlike any other AP test as well that they take. And what they do is they submit a portfolio of their art, um, but it's not just like you know here's my best pieces and this it's it's a it's a portfolio that is based off an inquiry question. So they have to decide on a question um, or a topic phrased as a question. How can I uh, show blank or explore blank or um, that type of thing using blank? And it really, yeah. I'm just saying blank because it really could yeah. be yeah. any, yeah. the possibilities are endless and you see that in the coursework. But they come up with the question or the inquiry and it's supposed to guide this investigation, it's called a sustained investigation, is what the portfolio is called. And so they come up with a question, and then they research, they investigate, they practice, experiment, um, and revise uh, in their sketchbook. And uh, their ideas evolve. Um, but we're really big on uh, showing your work. I was talking to them about it. It's kind of like math. Like, you don't just want to show the finished piece. Like how did you get there? How did you get there? Yeah. Show all the sketches you did and the, you know, the experiments you did about with your color choices or your textures, or you, maybe you weren't sure about what compositionally it should look like or what, what the point of view and the narrative should be or that, you know, what's going to be the most effective. So these are all the types of questions that we talk about. It's kind of like a little bit of a literature class, a little bit of a research class and, uh, and a little bit of a technical art class, but by the end of the year, they're going to have uh, eight to ten finished high-quality artworks, um, and then they'll also turn in pictures of their sketchbook and their experiments, and then they'll write a statement. Um, and so that's pretty difficult. It's a lot of work. It's uh, they, they put in a lot of time outside of school, after school. Um, you don't always get homework in art classes, but that class – pretty much always have homework um so it's very rigorous but it's probably stuff that the kids enjoy it is yeah they do enjoy it but i think 
I also can tell like it's a lot of work. Yeah, for yeah. yeah. They they do a lot, and uh, by the end of the by the end of the year, they'll turn in their portfolio, submit it to College Board, and uh, they will judge their writing and their written evidence and their visual evidence is what they call that. Um, and to be honest, this is the type of stuff I did senior year in college, like wow. the the like senior thesis portfolio and show. I mean, this is the type of stuff that it's very advanced. And uh, right. it just blows me away that these high schoolers crush it. Right. We, uh, for the past few years, have scored higher um, than the state and the national average um, uh, with with the courses that I've I've taught. So the kids are are crushing it. That's great. Very yeah. cool, Reese. You mis- mentioned a couple things in terms of kind of what's going on in Vanguard, the different classes you teach, but you also touched on the fact you talked about the capstone. Mm-hmm. And this is the for those that don't know, this is the first year that Vanguard has had all four grades, right? So you have your first graduating senior class of Vanguard Academy coming up. Talk a little bit about what that means to you as one of the teachers that's been there now three years and kind of some of those things that the ki- those kids are doing. I know you're not, you know, you're not the one teaching the capstone, right? But uh, are you involved in that a little bit? I'm, I'm okay. actually, I'm not teaching it, but I'm, I'm involved. Uh, so the guy I co-teach our design rotation class with, he's actually our capstone teacher. That's uh, Dar- Andrew, Andrew Darrow. Yeah. Uh, he was our teacher of the year last year. Yeah. He's an amazing teacher. Um, and we, we collaborate a lot, even, um, with the capstone. I actually, I've, I've done quite a few capstones and, and very much so like you, uh, my college, uh, my senior year, uh, in engineering school, we did a capstone. Um, and, um, it was, it was my time to engage with a community partner and help them solve a problem. Um, and I, I also, when I was consulting, I worked with uh, University of Tulsa, and um, I was their client uh, for their mechanical engineers uh, for three years. Um, so I'd worked quite a bit with capstones for, through engineering schools, um, and uh, so I'd taken those experiences and things I'd learned, things that I kind of wished that our capstone looked like, and we actually are now creating this experience starting their sophomore year uh, that very much so parallels some of our best engineering schools, uh, the culmination of their engineering degree. That's but great. we start their sophomore year, um, and they're, it's focused on human-centered design or universal design. So it's all um, really human-focused, human-centered, universal design where um, they're focusing on, like, who is, who is our target audience, who is our user, who is our client, and what do they need? And I think that is the future of education. It's or, and of education and f- of engineering and design. It's focusing on what I need to ask the right questions and solve the right problems, not necessarily, oh, here's a solution. I'm going to implement this. Right. It's so much deeper than that. Yeah. It's relational and deeply connected with with our community. Um, and so we actually have our sophomores start that class um, and then our juniors and Andrew and I teach that. Um, and then the class evolves into their capstone, their senior year. And so far, it, it, it sounds like it's going really well. I talk a lot with Andrew about that. Um, and, and we have both programs combined in that class. So uh, the, the, the design rotation class with the sophomores and juniors is, is the, uh, the, the BA design lab, where we call bad lab. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the class I teach. There's a kind of an equivalent to that called uh, expose and explore which I'm involved with helping uh, with that. I even taught, I was a guest lecturer yesterday for that class. Um, but yeah, it's really exciting year. Um, and so they actually started 
their capstone projects the last nine weeks uh, as juniors um, and worked through the summer um, and they're working really hard now and every month we have design reviews we check-ins we do that for all of our classes and, and give them feedback regularly but the the goal or the target is uh, next spring we're going to do something that I've never even heard of a high school doing it but we're we're actually going to create a conference and we're inviting everybody everybody needs uh -huh. to be there um, and so that's what our kids are going to present their projects um, and so um, it's really exciting opportunity um, for our kids to get exposure to many different employers, colleges, universities, uh, investors. Um, some of these kids are doing, they, they could create their own business. Mm -hmm. And that it's almost like a shark tank, you know, like yeah. they, that could be that spotlight that right. they need to make those connections. Um, and um, with the three years of human-centered design experience, they could actually go straight into user-centered design degree, or not degrees, jobs. Yeah. Um, that we're looking in Tulsa area, they're hiring 70, 80, 90,000 dollars wow. a year jobs straight out of high school mm -hmm. with that experience. Um, it's really exciting. Um, and with the people we've talked to that are uh, doing the human centered design, I've even worked with MIT, completely wow. blown away by what's going on. Um, I don't know of any other program in the world that does it. Um, we have something really special here in BA. It's great. And it's just, uh, and it's a uh, testament to the people there like you that are so passionate about sharing these experiences with our students. It's like you're saying, it's one of a kind. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so, it, it's great to work around people that they're excited to come mm -hmm. to work every day. Um, I think what I love about teaching is that it's the hardest I've ever worked. And last mm -hmm. year, I'm like, I said that right last yeah. year. And I'm just like, uh, compared to last year, it's no comparison. Right. But it, it's not work. Mm -hmm. um, I am challenged every day. Um, it is, and I'm surrounded by these people that are, are they're geniuses, and, and the students, mm -hmm. they're my best teachers. Mm -hmm. They're they're the genius. Um, I mean, yesterday we were celebrating some of their work, and um, it makes me better. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think you know this this podcast is called Core Values mm -hmm. because we talk about our our core values as a district, and you guys you know, unquestionably are two guys that embrace the responsibility of your calling and are obviously passionate about learning. So as we kind of wrap things up here, I'm going to throw a couple of rapid fire, get to know you <laughs> questions that you guys didn't get a chance to prepare for and we'll call it a day, but we'll start with you, Kyle. What if, let's go ahead and say, what is your favorite movie of all time? I'm a big movie guy. So this is tough. Um, but I, I would probably go, you know, Desert Island movie, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> Had to agree, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Reese, same question for you. Oh, man. Um, well, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I've been watching the Ashoka series. I've heard a lot of things about that. I have not dove into it because I, I feel like I've, there's just been so much Star Wars content on Disney Plus uh, lately that I've yeah. lost track of it. And it's, uh, it's yeah, I haven't jumped. Can I watch it without, or do I need to go back and finish some of these other series? Oh, no. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like the other Star Wars. I mean, you can you can jump right in. And yeah. I mean, if you get ex interested, then you're like, oh, maybe I should see what happened before then. And it's kind of complicated. I heard it was, it's pretty connected to uh, Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah. actually. Um, Which I've missed the most recent season. 
Oh, oh, I love The Mandalorian. Um, and Book of Boba Fett was fantastic. See, they're just, they're uh, just coming out with two. There's not, there's not enough time to watch all these things anymore. Yeah, I did not like Andor, though. I would definitely say I See, kept that, watching I, there's it. There's a lot of people like, that, that love better. Yeah, It never got better. <laughs> um, but I love Ashoka, and it kind of jumps in right in kind of almost in the middle of, of The Mandalorian. Gotcha. So. Um, I love it. All right, let's go music. If you could see one artist in concert that you've never seen before, dead or alive, who would it be? Kyle first. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Nice. Good choice. For sure. Yeah. I really I really dig uh, Chris Stapleton. Yeah. You I can see him. He's not dead. Yeah, so. I know. Okay, I guess <laughs> he's he, been he to alive. Well, no, I just um, said dead or alive. So okay. He, oh, but he has yeah. been to Tulsa a couple times recently, so yeah. we're going to have to... Get you to quit working so hard and go see yeah. Chris Stapleton concert. <laughs> All right, last question. Let's see. Let's, Chuck, why don't you come up with something for him to, oh, to end it? Gosh, <laughs> Put you on the spot. Put Chuck on the spot. On the spot. <laughs> Man, um, I I'm gonna go with just uh, favorite athletic team and why professional college anything like that. Nice. Yeah. So I grew up a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, big basketball fan. Uh, yeah, from a young age. So grew up a Lakers fan, huge mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant fan. Um, and then whenever we got the Thunder in OKC, I'm a, now I'm a big Thunder fan. Good. That, yeah. that sounds very similar to my so my, my yeah. dad's from Is California. Right? I grew up a big Laker fan. And then kind of after the Shaq and Kobe split, I kind of lost interest in him a little bit. And then the Thunder came. Yeah. And there you go. I, I had season tickets for boy. 10 years. Yeah. I, I got rid of them after 2020. But anyway, same question for you, Reese. I don't really watch any uh, <laughs> professional sports, but I do love watching my alma, alma mater, uh, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I know they've had a little bit of a hard time lately, but yeah. <laughs> uh, wrong, wrong button there. But I think I meant to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> do we, we want to dive into the recent Mike Gundy? Pro- no, we don't have time for that today. Nah. That's good stuff. Well, I'd like to thank both of you guys for joining us this week on Core Values. Congratulations on your recent awards. Thank you. All the things that you guys are doing in the classroom, tremendous work. You guys, you know, absolutely embody, you know, the, the type of teachers that, that we love in this district. And, and we're, you know, really proud of what you guys are doing. Oh, yeah. Appreciate so, it. Proud to be a part of it. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching Core Values. We will see you next time.